We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking week 12 game level similarity projections. There are no teams on by this week. How in the heck are you going to set your lineups? Dave Cabin's going to tell you on Rotoviz Radio. What's up, Rotoviz? What's up, Rotoviz listeners? This is Curtis Patrick, joined by Dave Cabin. We're here with a special edition of the Game Level Similarity Projection Show for Week 12. It's Thanksgiving today. If you're listening on our individual feed, congratulations. Um, and we hope you enjoy your turkey. And yeah, oh, we got a gobble effect. I love it when Dave plays around with the soundboard. Um, we, hey, so we hope you enjoy the smorgasbord of NFL football today. In addition to um, you know your time with, with loved ones and, and the meal uh, before you. Um, so we're going to break down all of the starting lineup dilemmas, who's got high ceilings, who's got surprisingly low floors in week 12, because for the first time in probably a month and a half, at least, there are no teams off this week. So after the bye week pain that has just, man, it's been annoying. Between the buys and the injuries, some of these lineups have been dicey over the past month. Now all options are back on the table. Can't wait to hear what Dave has found in our GLSP tool so let's hop right into it dave with a drop and a review of the quarterback position uh yes tell henry to hit a button bro. <laughs> all right i was thrown off at you know getting that <laughs> wonderful turkey sound queued up uh this all has right, not been so my best so to, to this point on the show this has not been my best week but this is where things change curtis that's right man it's your wheelhouse um, we can just go ahead and get out of the way that Josh Allen's QB one and talk about everyone else. Sure. So, because, I mean, that's, that's what the tool says every week. Yeah. So this is a busy week for people. I'm going to try to be pretty efficient here. Uh, Marcus Mariota at this point in ESPN league still appears to be a player that's widely available. He actually comes in with the sixth highest projection of the week at 20.2 points. Uh, 27% of his matches go for more than 25. He's a name you should have been keeping in mind weekly. He remains there. Two other big names, or I shouldn't say big names, two other guys that we've turned to a couple of times as streamers this year that score well. 
You have Jimmy Garoppolo coming in at the top eight with an average of 19.2. He gets 49% of his matches above 20, so definitely a name to look at. Then what could be a pretty fun game here, you have Daniel Jones facing off against the Cowboys. Jones's average projection calls for just 233 passing yards, 1.3 touchdowns, but it actually does like his upside to get some points as a rusher, adding 32 yards and 40% of his matches actually scored rushing touchdowns against defenses like Dallas's. This means, Curtis, he has a pretty solid distribution. Uh, Only 8% of his matches failed to get to 10 points, which that might sound like an odd thing to call out. But even for quarterbacks, uh, you know, you can still have a number of matches, often over 10%, not getting to 10 points. 24% of his matches beyond 25 points. Uh, and 22 in that 22 25 bucket. So Daniel Jones could be a player that you turn towards this week to help you out. Um, Ryan Tannehill does sneak onto the front page this week as the QB 14. Perhaps he can continue to have that connection that we saw with Traylon Burks from a stats perspective. His average stat line calls for 266 yards against the Bengals uh, with 1.9 passing touchdowns. Uh, Does not have the upside of those other passers that I mentioned, but could make for one of the better streaming options that you're going to see this week. Um, The other name that I would give out here would be Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston. Um, I think, though, it's it's going to remain Dalton, right? Is there a reason that I'm thinking that's still up uh, for question, Curtis? Ask me Saints QB questions on a sure. second show of the night. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a full glass of kettle one in. Oh, I mean, my I, gosh. Uh, hold on here. Saints quarterback. I mean, let me get out the Google machine live on the show. I feel um, like I, I, I know this was... I the latest update. The latest update is Jameis Wilson. Jameis Wilson. Jameis um, Wilson. Jameis Winston. Yep says that not playing is hurting his soul. Okay, that's what I that's what I had And seen. he didn't think that he would permanently lose his job. So, yeah, that you're you're right, man. I mean, Dalton Dalton's still going to be trotting out there. Okay, so Dalton um both he and Jameis would project nicely in this game, so a little added confidence there. Average of 17.8 points. His 25th percentile projection Curtis is actually at 15.1 points. So, The GLSP likes Dalton's ability here to at least have a decent game against San Francisco. He has a very interesting distribution because 44% of it is sandwiched between 15 and 20 points. Not a ton of upside, but also for a passer of Dalton's caliber that you should fairly easily be able to get off of a waiver wire in one quarterback league does not have that much downside this week. So at quarterback, those are the guys that I would be looking for. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think of the guys that you mentioned, I I like Jimmy G to stay hot. I mean, that offense looks, you know, totally different. They're extending drives ever since Christian McCaffrey uh, came over. And so, you know, if Jimmy G is your QB two and a a one QB league and you're like, you know, which players can I start them over? I mean, you can start them over, you know, pretty much anyone that, doesn't have some sort of significant rushing floor. Like he's probably going to be a mid QB one moving forward, honestly. Um, 
that that's how, how I would treat him. You know, the other guys that, that you mentioned, it's just a little tricky, you know, right? I mean, Daniel Jones has been horrific in his career against the Cowboys and the Cowboys just made, you know, Kirk Cousins, you know, look like a, I mean, I, I don't even, I'm trying to think of a, a good descriptive term. I mean, he was not captain. That was comeback. wild. Uh, you know, and, and he's good for a couple of those types of games each year. It seems like I mean, that game just got out of hand. Um, you know, I, I got to hand it to, to Brian Dayball. He's getting, you know, he's getting better performances and, and fewer turnovers out of Daniel Jones. And then you're correct. I mean, when I look in the NFL stat explorer over the past five weeks, when the Cowboys have played teams that had opposing QBs that can run the ball a little bit, you know, they've been susceptible I mean, five weeks ago, Jalen Hurts put up 27 yards on the ground, which was not great for Hurts, but we would take 27 on the ground from Daniel Jones for sure. That'd be great. Um, and then more recently, Justin Fields, you know, had um, oh, Justin Fields like performance <laughs> against them. Um, so, you know, yeah, I like I like Jimmy G there. And I think I like, you know, if, you, if you're going to give me Tannehill, Dalton and Daniel Jones and tell me I got to go for one of those guys. You know, maybe it's a, a streamer situation, picking mm-hmm. one of those guys up off of the wire. I'm going to pick Tannehill. You know, I think that that Cincy game is pretty interesting. And since he does have the capability of forcing an unfavorable game script uh, with, with the Titans and, and causing them to get into to catch up mode, which would be good. But we've also seen over the course of Tannehill's Tennessee career, that he tends to actually ball out the best when playing from ahead. Um, and so, you know, if it, maybe Henry gets them out to an early lead and that Traylon connection uh, stays hot, as you mentioned, I think Tannehill is probably the safest bet of the three to get to 20 points. And that's what we're looking for with the streamer. Sure. So a couple of running backs here um, that are going to be in your starting lineups, but I feel like calling out here, Ramondre Stevenson continuing to climb in the GLSP comes up this week as the third highest rated running back with an average of 16.2 points, 75th percentile at 21. 0% of his matches went for less than five points. That's the strongest uh, of the week there. If you think that 75th percentile was high, though, check out Austin Eckler's who comes in with a 27.7 and 28% of his matches went for (laughs) more than 25 points. Yeah. But it sounds like Eckler. The other player that's really exciting here, Tony Pollard coming in as the Mm. fifth highest running back this week. So good luck for Pollard and all of the managers that have him. His 25th percentile projection is 9.2 points. 75th is 19.3. We have Travis Etienne and Kenneth Walker both cracking their way into this week's RB1 territory. Devin Singletary, who's now been delivering on some of these high projections that the GLSP has seen, rounding out the top 12. He is expected to get around 14 points could get 19th in a 75th percentile outcome. A couple more interesting ones here, Curtis, that I do want to call attention to. Elijah Mitchell has played a couple of games now since returning with Christian McCaffrey. He is still spitting out of the GLSP with pretty solid projections. Comes in as the RB13 this week. Christian McCaffrey comes in at RB2. San Francisco... Uh, as we talked about earlier, is facing New Orleans. 
if you look at uh, Mitchell's two games, um, you know the volume has or, or uh, the volume hasn't been too bad since we've seen McCaffrey back. So he could stay in lineups. Raheem Mostert though and Najee Harris, the other two backs, rounding out the top fifteen this week, both expected to score around thirteen points. Uh, so exciting for people that didn't have ability to put Mostert in their lineup to have him back this week. I just said a ton of names, so I'll stop there in case you have anything to add. Uh, I think it's just an obligatory response to you mentioning Tony Pollard. I mean, there's no better way to to get me feeling excited than talking about Tony Pollard. Uh, uh, the Giants have allowed seven rushing touchdowns to running backs over the past five weeks, including four to the Lions. Uh, last week with Jamal Williams having three, of course, uh, one of the exciting performances last week. So I think, you know, there's plenty of of room for both Pollard and, and Zeke to be uh, effective in fantasy again in week 12. Don't expect the recent trend to change. Um, sure. Amongst the the other backs that uh, you mentioned, um, you know, I Mitchell still is getting you know, the grinder work and some of the high value rushing attempts in close to the goal line. You know, the danger is like we said, I think we started talking about this the week that he came back is that, you know, he, you do have to hope for the touchdown because, you know, McCaffrey's capable of taking it in from out a little bit further uh, on receiving plays. And then, you know, then you've got the Debo X factor. I mean, yeah. Debo reemerging with, you know, he's only getting a couple carries a week now in the current situation, but you know, when he can put it in from 30, 30 yards out, um, you know, every game, you know, just takes those opportunities for Mitchell away. So no matter what our tools say, I mean, RB 13 is a nice score. So it's making me think about him as a, a nice flex option. Right. But with no teams on by this week, you know, I'm hoping that you have a better option than Mitchell, who feels more like a score, a touchdown to have a usable floor type player than actually having true ceiling. Sure. Uh, and the final thing I'll, I'll say about Mitchell here is, so he had 18 points in that first game where he shared the field with McCaffrey. And then this past week uh, saw just nine attempts. So you yep. might be prudent here to fade this projection a little bit, but I do think that uh, on some degree it's noteworthy. Um, continuing down though, Curtis, there are a couple of names um, that are interesting. We'll get to, I want to call out Antonio Gibson scores pretty strongly this week uh, with an average of 13 points comes into the same range as Pierce, Dalvin cook and Aaron Jones. Kenyon Drake scores well, but the most surprising name you're going to see here is Latavius Murray coming in ahead of Jonathan Taylor, James Connor and Ezekiel Elliott. And I can see a look of disgust on your face. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to say, man. Um, I don't know what, I don't know what to say about, about that. Um, I mean, like, okay, there's been, you know, Edmonds is not going to be playing, you know, Melvin Gordon's not going to be playing. You know, what are you seeing there? Is it, is it a high, uh, high likelihood of of scoring touchdowns. I mean, what what are we seeing there that's that's propelling him up the leaderboard here for this week? Yeah, great question here. So 
this, uh, there's a couple of things going on here, but it's mainly that 60% of his matches found the end zone against teams like Carolina. He's expected yeah. to get uh, 16 total touches, um, 60 yards as a rusher, and around two receptions. Uh, so you still have 32% of his matches sandwiching between 5 to 10 um, 22% between 10 to 15 and actually 20 between 15 to 20. So the ability here to get, um, you know, a touchdown expectation that high is what's pushing him into this range with these other players. Just, uh, as an example, if you looked up James Connor, uh, you're going to see that only 30% of his matches found the end zone in games against teams like the chargers. So this is really wild that I'm calling out Latavius Murray here. And I actually think <laughs> that it's yeah. there's, a, there's teams out there that you see that you play. Uh, maybe even some of our listeners on zero RB teams have them where Latavius Murray actually has a compelling case to get onto your lineup this week. Um, I think the, uh, there is one player that I want to hit that you sure. just uh, that yep. you glossed over that. I think you absolutely have to start. He's like well, if it's like Jeff Wilson, the answer is 100% yes. Well, no, you already... Okay. Did, did you say Wilson? I, I didn't talked about Mostert earlier, but go ahead. Okay. No, it's Antonio Gibson, man. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I mentioned you, him. You, you did, but but I want to I want to zoom in okay. here just a second in the NFL Stat Explorer because the Falcons are allowing the fifth most uh, points to fa opposing fantasy running backs over the past uh, five games that they've played. And, I mean, everyone's been getting there. They're, they're allowing the opposing team's uh, RB one in a given week to average 23.2 PPR over the past five weeks. We've seen, uh, Joe Mixon, uh, scored 18.1, uh, Deontay Foreman hung 19 and 31.8, uh, on this team, Austin Eckler, 26.1, David Montgomery, 21.1. I mean, if Montgomery's getting to 21.1, I mean, I think that's a great, and we saw Foreman and Mixon also get to 18, 19. I mean, Gibson's going to be right in that range. And I don't know. You know, with Brian Robinson still getting, you know, some carries there, I don't know if, if we'll get all the way to, like, that 31-type, you know, point breakout that Foreman had where he got all three of the rushing touchdowns. But the Falcons have given up seven rushing touchdowns like we were talking about with the Giants. I mean, they've given up seven rushing touchdowns to opposing uh, running backs over the past five weeks and the second most rushing attempts. Uh, allowed by running backs over the past five weeks. So it's like all systems go on Gibson. If he's on my roster, I'm feeling great about trotting him out. Sure. Then a couple of other players that um, I think I should call out here for teams that have a couple of options at running back. Both of the Detroit backs score pretty low this week. Uh, each of them coming in around eight and a half to nine points that puts them behind some names that you normally wouldn't expect to see them go behind. Uh, and Cordero Patterson uh, with just an expectation of 7.1 points, but actually is 44% of his matches going under five points also does not look like a very favorable week for Kareem hunt. Uh, and the chiefs backs are not getting a lot of love this week either. I'm not sure though that that really comes as much of a surprise. So that's a pretty quick hit there um, at running back, unless you have any other names that you saw that you think we need to, to call out here. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Nah, man, let's talk about some receivers. Sure. So, wide receiver, always fun to look and see what we get here. A uh, couple of interesting, exciting names. So you start off with your Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, no surprise there. But a player we talked about earlier in the week who had a schedule setting up nicely, Terry McLaurin, the wide receiver four with an average PPR of 17.8 points, 19% of his matches going over 25, another 19 going between 20 to 25, and 19 going 15 to 20. So approximately 66%, or excuse me, approximately 60, 57% of his matches, Curtis, going over the 15 point mark. Expected to see 10 targets, 6.8 receptions, 85 yards, 40% of his matches found the end zone. This could be the week of the year for Terry McLaurin. We see Amari Cooper scoring very high. Um, Brandon Ayuk coming in as a wide receiver one this week. Jacoby Myers, who has been in here a lot. Then we get to Paris Campbell, uh, who's had a really interesting season, has had a couple of big weeks projected in the GLSP that I believe he has delivered on. If you look at the actual expectation created by his matches when they have faced teams like the Steelers, Comes out to an average stat line of eight targets, five and a half receptions, 64 yards, and 60, yeah, 60% of his matches found the end zone. So he has a very nice distribution. It's almost flat across all categories, and 18% of his matches went for more than 25 points. So Paris Campbell carrying more upside than normal into his matchup this week could be a very interesting option for fantasy managers. Okay, so McLaurin's the guy that I want to zoom in on there because we have talked about him a lot this week. And, I mean, he's obviously in your starting lineup if you roster him. But, you know, specifically the types of receivers that the Falcons have been susceptible to um, are those that can put up the yak, man. I mean, they've allowed more yak to wide receivers over the past five weeks than any other team um, in the NFL. And they're also, I mean, it's not just like a lot of times I think when we talk about yak, we're assuming that all of those yards are coming on like bubble screens and stuff. Well, sometimes the way that that yak is accumulated is a player that's being targeted on intermediate and deep routes. that gets, you know, free for the home run play. And a lot of that yak comes, you know, after the catch, you know, when we're still 30 yards away from the end zone, but it, you know, 
there was some air under that ball. And McLaurin, like, he's that player, man. He's 14th in air yards per target, but he's also 19th in yak per reception. Uh, but in contrast, Jahan Dotson is fifth in air yards per target, but 97th in yak per reception. Yeah. So McC- McLaurin is great at still finding that separation after making the, the reception. And, you know, that's what it all comes down to. It's another reason that I do like Gibson as well in this same game because of the susceptibility of the Falcons and actually making those tackles uh, after the passes have been hauled in. But, yeah, I like it, man. It's why we, you know, in, in our, our first show of the week, um, it wasn't even in the Dynasty Trade episode. It was actually in our, our Tuesday morning show. I highlighted Terry McLaurin as my number one wide receiver trade target for the rest of the season. And, you know, there's going to be an immediate value spike this week and return yep. on investment if you make that deal. Yep. So a fun name here, Kurt, is Josh Palmer actually coming in between Jalen Waddle and Tyler Boyd with an expectation of 14.9 points. That actually puts him ahead of Keenan Allen. Mike Williams, were he to play, would be a fringe wide receiver one. So a lot of love for the Chargers this week against the Cardinals. Now, Palmer had two touchdowns in his most recent game, but touchdowns are not what are driving this projection. It's actually nine targets for six receptions and 70 yards. 30% of his matches found the end zone, Um, but it's overall, you know, a pretty balanced body of work here, not just finding the end zone that gives him a wide receiver two projection. If I can, I think it's fair. I I don't think, I mean, Williams is not going to play, man. He had aggravated his high ankle sprain. Like he's, I mean, whatever they might dance around it call him questionable for a little bit but yeah I'd, I'd feel good about starting palmer i think it's a good call yep a couple other names that the tool is digging this week uh you have donovan peoples jones coming off of a wide receiver one performance against the bills finds his way into uh the wide receiver 29 spot with an average of 24 points or excuse me average of 12.4 points 24 would be quite a day. It would be quite a day for uh, any Browns receiver not named Amari Cooper. And you also have Nico Collins rounding out the top 30 with an average of 12.4 points. Uh, Not the upside that some of these other players have, but definitely a name that you could keep in mind. We also have Darius Slayton finding his way into uh, fringe wide receiver two territory. So a couple of names there that teams in need could turn to. Yeah, unfortunately for unfortunately for Donovan Peoples Jones, um, the Browns are playing at home this week. And at home, Amari Cooper averages twenty one points a game this year. And on the road, Amari Cooper averages twelve points per wow. game. So it's probably I mean, it's a pretty it's a pretty big disparity. It and of course, I mean, as you would think would be the case, but it's not always the case. You know, we'll look at the game splits app. Uh, on rotaviz.com and just cross check that, you know, maybe Donovan Peoples Jones has been steady Eddie despite, you know, where the Browns are playing. No, it's just the inverse. You know, he's produced on the road. Amari's produced at home. Donovan Peoples Jones this year averaging just 6.4 PPR uh, up on the lake uh, and he's averaging 13 PPR on the road. So maybe there's something to it. Maybe the Browns will be in catch up mode. Maybe Jacoby Brissett will play just completely free to the wind, knowing that it's his last start that he's ever likely to make in a Cleveland Browns uniform um, next week. And he will have a game of his career and, and propel DPJ to higher heights. But 
um, you know, I think, I think the app might also be picking up on the recent uptick in production from DPJ. I mean, he's been a wide receiver two or wide receiver one in each of the last two weeks. So trending in the right uh, direction as Deshaun Watson gets ready to enter that offense. So he is a player to watch for sure. Um, I think in a week where there are no teams on by, he still feels kind of like a desperation flex for a team that's, you know, riddled with injury rather than a must start. Sure. Uh, Allen Robinson, we have not talked about a lot this year for a pretty good reason, uh, is averaging 8.5 PPR per game, has managed to be a wide receiver two three times this year. The app likes him to beat his seasonal average, actually puts him at an average of 10.8 points, which if we look at his distribution is going to concentrate him largely uh, with 40% of his matches going between five to 10, but does get uh, about 36% going between 10 to 20 expected to see about 5.6 targets, 3.9 receptions, 42 yards and 40% of his matches did score touchdowns against defenses like Kansas city. I'm not saying that he's, you know, needs to be locked into lineups, but might be a player if you have some injuries on your team. He's been riding the bench. Guy that could outscore his seasonal average this week. Um, continuing along, there aren't any other players that stood out to me as finishing much higher than you would expect. Um, a player that Tool does not love this week, Amon Ross St. Brown, scoring down pretty far if we drill into his projection and uh, as a reminder here, Detroit's playing Buffalo, which probably contributes to this to some extent expected to see 5.8 targets uh, around four receptions, 46 yards. But the big problem for St. Brown is just about none of his comps managed to find the end zone. Naturally that really limits the upside that you can see only 2% of his matches went for more than 20 and in fact, only 7% total went over 15. So if St. Brown is a player in your roster that you were hoping you could rely on for some upside, seems like he has a low probability of realizing it. Other players. Oh, go ahead. No, we got We got We got to zoom in here because this is a situation where the GLSP, you know, it is looking at a 50 game sample. Yep. 50, 50, the, the 50 closest matches playing the 50 most similar defenses. And, you know, that's a large sample size. But if we look at the recent trends of wide receivers against Buffalo, Buffalo's just been getting pantsed yep. by opposing wide receivers. Uh, they, they've allowed eight receptions to opposing wide receivers over the past five weeks. And in each of the past five weeks, an opposing wide receiver has scored at least 16 PPR, including in the, each of the last two weeks, an opposing wide receiver posting over 33 PPR. And these aren't necessarily all big play machines, man. I mean, Amari Cooper, who we we're just talking about, uh, posted eight for one thirteen and a pair of touchdowns. I mean, very similar player uh, to Amon Ross St. Brown, Juju Smith Schuster, another player uh, similar there. Um, five one thirteen and one against the Bills. So I think this is where you take it all in context. Um, the Bills have had success, you know, in the past um, against wide receivers, but that is not the current trend. I mean. Like, I don't think anybody would sit on Ross St. Brown. And I think it's fair to say, yeah, maybe, maybe if you have a different tiebreaker, 
to make in your starting lineup, you go with the other guy that also has some ceiling to maybe cover up for a stinker from ARSB. But I think there's also a reason to still have a, a little upside uh, in the picture, just given what's happened over the past five weeks. Sure. Uh, another player that's been performing pretty nicely uh, that I was surprised to see come in this low this week, you have in the Packers game against the Eagles, Christian Watson uh, projecting with just two and a half receptions, 35 yards, 40% of his matches did find the end zone, but very limited upside this week for him. Um, an average performance would put him around 8.4, but his ceiling is capped at 12.1. I would have expected to see him maybe finish a little bit higher uh, beyond those names, though, there isn't anybody else that I think you'd be super shocked if you saw where they came in this week. So I think that rounds out wide receivers, bringing us to tight end. No surprise, Travis Kelsey with an average of 18.2. By and large, the top tight end this week, followed by guys like David Njoku, Mark Andrews, Gerald Everett and Hayden Hurst getting some love this week followed by Dawson Knox. All of those guys going somewhere around 10 and a half points. Uh, Everett, though, actually has, of the three, 15.6 is his 75th percentile projection, so a little bit more upside than Hurst or Knox. Jawan Johnson, who's been playing really well, um, comes into this week's top eight, an average of 9.7 points with a 75th percentile projection of 13.7. I pause here as I try to see if there's anything else that's really super surprising. I guess the most surprising thing I did see this week, TJ Hawkinson, uh, with just an average of 6.9 points, 75th percentile of 8.9. Now, one thing to keep in mind here is you do have some of his games when he was in Detroit factoring into his projection against the Patriots this week, um, his comps going for 5.2 targets, 3.3 receptions, 36 yards, and no touchdowns on average against the Patriots. Or defenses yeah, like want, the Patriots. But I'm still really playing Hawkinson no matter what. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the takeaway. I don't really want to talk about any tight end that's not named Travis Kelsey. And I, I, I want to end the show because many of you are listening to the show on Thanksgiving with some Thanksgiving appreciation for Travis Kelsey. Dave, in our NFL Fantasy Points summary, did you know, I mean, everyone knows that Travis Kelsey you know, has been in a huge positional advantage at tight end, as expected. But, I mean, if you just look at all players at from a flex perspective, yep. so tight end, running back, wide receiver, all mixed in. Travis Kelsey is player number three overall. <laughs> player number oh, three. Wow. And he is only, Dave, he is two points behind, 2.3 points behind Stephon Diggs for the two spot and just 7.1 points behind Austin Eckler for the overall top spot. There is a very real possibility that Travis Kelsey, not only just on a value over replacement perspective, because from a, a, a VORP perspective, he's clearly been the best pick that anyone could have made uh, in, in fantasy football, you know, this year. But he actually could win the overall fantasy points crown 
in 2022. It's crazy, man. We do not deserve Travis Kelsey. He's fun to watch. And I mean, you can just take his production to the bank every week. I think it is very appropriate to end the show with, you know, just a Thanksgiving tribute to Travis Kelsey and what he's meant to our fantasy rosters this year. It feels good to hit on an obvious hit. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.